What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. Nick, the Bills are coming off of a big, big dub last Sunday. I guess bigger than either of us thought, huh? Way bigger than I think either one of us thought. Um, I mean, if you would have told me that Buffalo is going to win that game by 28 points, uh, I would have thought that you were crazy. Um, you would have thought Tua had gotten injured, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, look, is the, let's start here. Is that Bills defense for real? Um, yes, but big asterisk. They just lost their top cornerback for the year, so. The defense that we just saw was for real, and now they're going to have to adapt and figure it out. But I'll tell you what, the the pass rush looks real. Uh, Von Miller's comment this week about he's not eligible to practice. He could, well, I mean, could could play this week if they really wanted mm-hmm. to. I think they're going to hold him out. Uh, he basically said it. He said, we have the best defense in the NFL without me. And that's a scary thought. Yeah, I think Von plays this week if Greg Rousseau can't go. Mm, okay. Um, I think he would be on a very, very limited pitch count, but I still think he would get playing time if, if Rousseau can't go, especially coming against a uh, left tackle who's just coming back from suspension. Um, Interesting. Yeah, Rousseau looks like he's not going to go. Yeah, two two uh, DNPs this week. Um, foot injury. Hopefully it's not a lingering injury. Hopefully it's something you can get past Jacksonville and uh, you know be okay to come back back over the pond. Um but let's talk about this Miami game, man. The Bills' defense looked for real. I think at the start of the game, it looked like it was going to be a shootout. It looked like one team was going to have to score 100 points just to win. And Buffalo and, and Miami tied 14-14. Buffalo goes up 21-14. Um, and all of a sudden, you start seeing this Bills' defense come to life. Listen, this game was giving no punt vibes for like th- into the second quarter. It, it was... Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Whoever has the ball last is going to mm-hmm. win. Uh, and it was it was kind of like whoever gets a stop first is going to win. And then the Bills got like an entire half's worth of stops, and the Dolphins didn't. So, I mean, the defense uh, offense was great. It was given uh, Ken Dorsey probably his best game uh, in recent memory. It was it was giving uh, – we talked about this before. Like, like, you know, when the Patriots were really rolling, it was like Tom Brady would just be like – how does he get guys that wide open, like like constantly? And, of course, that's a credit to the play design and also to him to go through his reads and read the defense and figure out what's going to be open. I was starting to feel that again against the Dolphins. Josh Allen had guys open, uh, and he was taking them, which is which is a good step for him. You know, Tom Brady, you say, oh, my gosh, what an amazing guy. He threw seven yards to someone who's open. And Josh uh, Allen, we kind of have to pat him on the back for doing that and, and you know, keeping keeping – the howitzer at bay and just taking what you taking what you got but it, it, it looked easy for him and this is a good defense in miami so uh thoughts ken dorsey's best game since when i think this is ken dorsey's best game in general since you know maybe the rams game the start of the year last year um but i think this is ken dorsey's best game that he has ever had as a buffalo bill offense coordinator and i think it's pretty close to one of josh allen's best games that he's ever had as a buffalo bill uh, this was the first time he ever had a perfect passer rating in a game. And he looked damn well good doing it. So, Charlie, talk to me about Tredavious White, though. Listen, the Bills are rolling. They are, they've are they won three games in a row by 28 points, mm-hmm. which has almost never happened before in, in NFL history. The only team to ever do that was, was you know, before the, the merger. So, if they do it this week, I mean, that would be unprecedented. Like, this team is hot. I'm worried about losing Tredavious White. How are you feeling? You know, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I really don't know what to expect with running a Christian Bedford, um, uh, Dane Jackson, Kyer Elam defense, right? Elam hasn't even seen the field yet this season. Uh, Dane Jackson gave up a pretty bad touchdown to Braxton Berrios last week against Miami. Uh, So I, I really don't know. You know, one thing I, I will say, Christian Benford has looked pretty good all year. You know, so so I'm okay with him moving into the CB1 spot, which is where I think he'd go. And we got Elam coming in. I, I think Elam's going to get that job over Dane Jackson. I think his play on the field is going to speak hmm. for himself. I think more of Elam, Elam's problem is on a practice side. I don't know if it's, 
He hasn't shown up in practice, whatever it is, but he's shown up in the games the last few times he's played, and I think eventually we see Kyrie Elam get more of that uh, playing time over at Dane Jackson. So Christian Bedford also got injured last week, hurt his shoulder. Yeah. It looked maybe worse than it was, and he's been limited in practice both days before the flight this week. Did, did you notice, real quick, did you notice on the one Stefan Diggs touchdown, he scores a touchdown, as Benford's walking back out of the tunnel, and he points to him like, hey, what's up, man? I did not, but that's hilarious. I saw it on TV, then I saw the replay. I'm like, okay, I wasn't going crazy. I'm like, and, and then on top of it, they showed, they said Benford was out. Then they showed Benford walking out of the tunnel. I'm like, wait, he's walking out of the tunnel with his pads on his helmet on. There's no way he's out. And then sure enough, he comes in when White goes down. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what they decide to do there with the defensive backs. Did you hear Sean McDermott's comments this week about Elam? No. Uh, I thought it was interesting. He did say, you know, we still have full confidence in him. He gave him gave him that vote, uh, but he said he's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to go have a good week of practice. And I don't have, really have a read on how much of that is is real motivation or how much of that is just kind of saying the right thing there. But I did not come away from McDermott's comments thinking they are handing this to Kyrie Elam by any stretch. I would. I would think he's obviously going to be active, but I would actually think that they start him on the bench. Just yeah, based I mean, on I, that comment. Maybe he looks great in practice. I don't know. I think Dane Jackson's going to, you know, there's a reason why Dane Jackson's not the one that's the healthy scratch every week and, and Elam is, right? There's some some reason there. And truthfully, if you can't find a way to get Elam on, on the field now, and if he can't take advantage of the opportunity, then to me, how do you keep him on this roster past? Past this season, past the trade um, deadline, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, I think well, I mean, you need it for depth, depth, no. right? Right, unless you trade him for a Patrick Sertan or something. Yeah, like that. well, but, I mean, okay, talk to me about that too. We talked about this offline. Uh, the trade market for a cornerback. This this would seem, in my mind, to have surpassed wide receiver as the Bills' top trade need. I think so. I think so. I'm trying to find who wrote it. On there it is, Ryan O'Halloran. Maybe mm-hmm. I hope Buffalo I'm saying News, yep. yep, from Buffalo News. He did write an article this week about Buffalo making a trade for uh, Patrick Sertan the second. Um, kind of. Do you know what Ryan O'Halloran used to work? No, do not. He used to work in Denver. Well, there you go. So maybe he's got maybe he's got some kind of connections we don't know about. But he uh, uh, he said you know trading this year's first. And next year's first and Kyer Elam. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. That's a lot. For Patrick Sertan the second. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you are you willing to give up that much to get a guy? Because look, I'm not gonna say Buffalo's window is closing, but you've also only had 15 plays where you've had Von Miller and Trey White on the field at the same time. You really don't know what your full potential of your defense yeah. is without having an all pro D back. D, DB back there plus an all-pro uh, defense alignment. So did I hear you right? Did you say two firsts plus Elam? I believe it. Did you say two firsts? You say first and a second. That's still. I mean, you could talk me into how much contract does does he have left? Uh so he has. Let's see. Let me scroll down in the article. Awesome, man. Here. Anytime we talk about somebody like this, who's father was in the nfl when yeah. we were growing up like it just makes you feel so old so oh sertan so sertan would be has a base salary of one and a half million next year um and a roster bonus of 2.5 and then he has a fifth year option as well Ooh, you could still get that fifth year option okay i do like that and, a lot and if the bills trade away elam buffalo takes on uh dead cap space of 3.5 million this year and um, one point seven million next year. Yeah, but they get out from his base, so it cuts down that a little bit. Right. Uh, right. All right. So this, I mean, certain on a rookie contract too. This looks doable contract wise. I like the player. If you told me it was Elam plus your first this year plus a second next year, so that I, I take back what I said. So it is Elam a first this year, a second next year can become a first at Buffalo wins the Super Bowl after this year or next year. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, 
you're talking me into that now. This is this is getting. I would I would categorize this as getting into the realm where I still don't like it, but I might pull the trigger. And you, like this, you know what I mean? Like like this is the part where it's like both sides have to give, and you're gonna mm-hmm. maybe do a deal you don't totally love. Like that feels like the return. The issue with that though is because he is eligible for a contract extension, a guy like Patrick Sertan. What happens with Trey White? I mean, do you cut Trey White at the end of the year? No. Why would you do that? You, then you got two amazing guys who started. You're already $26 million over the cap going into next season. I mean, listen, you, I, I don't. Cutting Trey, I think, gets you down to about $10 million. Uh, I mean, Not that I want I to I believe in, in Trey. I don't know that he's going to be ready to go at the start of the next year. I don't know. Maybe he's got to get on whatever Aaron Rodgers is on because Aaron Rodgers is coming back apparently oh, this year. Man, I'm so over that storyline. Come on. Dude, how about the fact that he was supposed to be in a walking boot for like three months or something and he was out of a walking boot in 13 days? So, so he took it off. I'm not impressed with that. Right, 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 right. I mean, he probably thinks he knows more than the, doc- the doctors. Yeah, definitely. Right? Um, listen, I mean, I would... Go to ayahuasca. I mean, also, we're talking, we're talking a condition on a trade that could actually happen where if Bill's been Super Bowl... I don't give a bleeping bleep about whose feelings get hurt next season a little bit if we the Bills win the Super Bowl this year, okay? You you make that trade. You're trying to win it right now, and we'll deal with next year's problems next year. I mean, the, the, the money is not hurting them on cap on that trade. It would be who starts once once Tredavious White gets healthy. Like, that's not an, really an issue to me. And if it is, great. If they're both awesome, cool. You have two amazing cornerbacks, and you have amazing depth. That's great. And also with, with – Sertain's contract, he's got his fifth year option. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you know, you can always threaten the franchise tag. The teams have this hammer out there. They don't have to deal. And if you're unless you're willing to sit out, you don't really have a choice. You're gonna come, you're gonna play. And also he's very good. Maybe he does get a contract. I don't know. My my big concern and and look, and I know Buffalo most likely isn't gonna be picking in the top twenty. Unless the wheels completely fall off and hell freezes over, Buffalo's probably not picking in the top twenty this year or next year. My only concern is trading away first round picks. You have a very old team. Yeah, I think the oldest team in the league, if I'm not mistaken, or one really? of the oldest teams in the league. I hadn't seen that. You have an aging safety who's in the last year of his contract to Micah Hyde. You have an aging safety in Jordan Poyer, who most likely, I think we said on this podcast when that contract was signed, Nick, that most likely he's probably gone after one one season. Um, you know, obviously having injury issues, has, has had injury issues last year, having an injury issue this year, but it sounds like he'll be back this week. Um, so, you you know, that's two big positions you got to find a way to replace. Are you willing to give up a first-round pick that, you know, could be the difference between getting a starting caliber safety or starting caliber player versus having to get a low second high third round pick. Listen, if you're putting a condition on a trade that is if we win the Super Bowl and you're thinking that that's a realistic possibility, yeah, I'm saying you go for it. Okay. I mean that's that and that that's where the other side of me says too, right? It's uh, yeah, and I hear you on the safety depth. I right. really like the Taylor Rapp signing, by the way. I think he's going to be a big piece next year and people, you know, that, to me, that's a big baller being move. Going out and like finding this diamond in the rough that was somehow still available. Uh, love that move. I think he's going to be huge next year. My my one thing is, again, we've only seen Trey White and Von Miller on the field for all of fifteen plays together. So what does that mean if you can go out and get another All Pro defensive back, an All Pro corner, and Patrick Sertan? You're going to have him and Von Miller and you know, obviously, as long as Benford keeps playing the way he's playing, and 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 Jackson, who who has looked okay at times, he had a huge hit this week, which was so unexpected. Um, I thought he, I thought by the way, Jackson played a lot better this week against Miami after the touchdown. I thought we saw a, a much different um, Dane Jackson at that point. <clears throat> but you know, if you could, could you imagine Von Miller to this defense? And you go out and add a guy like Patrick Sertan, and you really don't lose a step on this defense. That's huge. It's huge. I, yeah, I mean, p- part of me is wondering, mm-hmm. just like in the back of my mind, I'm like, Terrell Bernard is on an absolute heater right now. I'm kind of like, 
is that is can that balloon stay up forever? Like it's got to come down at some point, right? Well, and and that's the one thing too. I noticed you look at this Brandon Bean draft class. The Bernard draft class is finally starting to come around, right? You have um, Epinesa starting to finally look like he could be a starting caliber defensive end. We always say all the time that Brandon Bean doesn't hit. Unfortunately, I I I do think Brandon Bean hits. Fortunately, unfortunately, he seems to hit on guys that need a year to a development before they hit. Mm-hmm. Spencer Brown's looking better this year, right? Spencer Brown's looking better, right? You're getting a lot more out of Spencer Brown. I think a lot of that is he's getting some help on the, from the tight ends, helping get some chips and things like that. Right. But he, right. I mean, look, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. If that's what you have to do to keep your quarterback up straight, then fine. Um, but you know, I, I would love to see him hit on a first round pick starter. I mean, look, James, James, look at James Cook, even you know, James Cook yeah. is looking like he could be a Pro Bowl running back at some point in his career, if not this year. I mean, one way to fix that is trade your first round pick for a guy who's already hit. Well, and that's another option, but yeah, I think we have to see Denver continue to slide. Unfortunately, Denver got a win last week against a bad yeah. Chicago Bears team. Um, well, I just uh, actually, this is a really interesting point. So let's uh, let's talk about the Bills' schedule because I agree with you. Denver's not going to be ready to totally sell it off just yet. They got a brand new head coach. They want to try to piece it together. The Bills' schedule that was thought to be very daunting before the year suddenly looks kind of soft. And maybe the Bills think we don't need to make this move right away. Listen, listen to the schedule coming up: Jacksonville. The Giants, we thought were going to be good, are not good. The Dub. Patriots look Dub. awful. The Bucks, who are actually a little bit spunkier than we thought, but still not great. Big dub. At the Bengals, who look horrible. I think I think they need to sit Joe Burrow down and let him get healthy. I mean, that's a good week to sit Joe Burrow. Uh, okay, after that, Monday, November 13th, Denver comes to Buffalo. Let, let, let's make prediction on the board is, and that's after the trade deadline, which team is Patrick Sertain playing for at that game? Does, well, let's have, first let's ask this question. Does he really get traded? I still I mean, mean I, yeah, I don't know. I, I would, I mean, we're kind of dreaming a little bit here. I don't right. know that Denver wants to trade him. I mean, and that's the thing too, right? When it's trading's like dancing, man. It takes two to tango. Can dance by yourself, but it's not going to look as good. Yeah, this is, I mean, that's coming right after the trade deadline. Uh, Denver, bad. Jets, bad. We, we're down to Thanksgiving here. November 26th, well, Bills at Eagles. Hold on. The Jets are bad until they seem to play Buffalo or Kansas City. Then all of a sudden, they look like a competent football team. I guess. I mean, the Jets have a good defense. They have good, uh, They needed to trade for a quarterback. Zach Wilson is not it. I mean, the only one I can see them trading for is going to be uh, Kirk Cousins at this time, and I mean Zach Wilson is a is Kirk Cousins just a little smaller and not as a little bit of respect on Kirk Cousins' name, okay? Kirk Cousins can still throw for three hundred fifty yards of garbage time after they're already losing. Okay, Zach Wilson is not doing that. <laughs> Although, hey man, Zach Wilson had a chance to win the game for them last week, and they uh, he fumbled the ball on a, on a bat on a snap. Listen, I want to say bat What if snap. the Chiefs got a gift on the penalty? Okay. Oh my gosh! Let's not get started on that either. No, we're not. But but like, let's go back to there. So like, the Bills' schedule there that we thought was going to be so tough. Mm-hmm. These games look not nearly as daunting. You think the Bills kind of look at this and say we might be able just to get by? Philly looks beatable. Yeah, I mean, Kansas I mean, they, they, they they go Philly bye week, Kansas City, Dallas mm-hmm. at Chargers, Patriots at Dolphins. Then so it does well, get tougher. I saw Micah Hyde. Now, I didn't see the game last week. Um, I saw, not Micah Hyde, I'm sorry, Micah Parsons was getting looked at on the sidelines. I don't know if he ever, you know, did he come back? Is he injured? Is he not injured? Do you know anything about Micah Parsons? Uh, Let's check their injury report. Because him being out could be an issue. Michael Parsons um, limited uh, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Okay, so he's so, not injured badly enough that he can't practice at all. Okay, he's out there okay. a little bit. So, um, look if Michael if Micah Parsons 
is still playing, I think it's going to be a really, really good football game because Dallas has a good run game. Buffalo's run game, has, you know, run defense has improved the last few weeks since the Jets game. Um, you know, they did give up some big runs to to Achan, but they 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 look like a much better run defense. I mean, look what they did to Mozart. Mozart got pulled for Achan, right? Um, I think with 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 what Dallas is doing on the offense side of the ball, Dallas is dangerous. And Dallas has a really good defense, with or without Diggs, right? I think Gilmore's on the other side now, right? Gilmore's the other defensive back in in Dallas. Do you think he's someone that Buffalo could maybe go after? I, I mean, obviously, I know Dallas is in a playoff spot, and you Did know, you ask if the Bills want to trade for Stephon Gilmore. They were interested in him in the offseason. I heard uh, that there was a bad breakup there. I'm totally fine if the Bills do not go after Stephon Gilmore. If Buffalo would have signed Jason also, Peters, how also, would you? Why, why would why would the Cowboys trade a starting player? That that was I said it. Then I said, why would they trade a starting player? But he was someone who I thought when you know once Trey White goes down, you try to make a move for a guy like Stefan Gilmore. Obviously, a guy like a Patrick Sertan makes makes more sense. What about a Patrick Peterson even for Buffalo? You know, ooh, that uh, his team Look, is not. Doing so no, well. he's in Pittsburgh. They're obviously not looking good. But again, you go back to the schedule, Nick. If Buffalo can find themselves a competent, uh, uh, you know, starter on the other side of Benford, whether it is Dane Jackson, whether it's someone they bring in through trade, whether it's Kyrie Elam, whoever it is, I really think this Bill Stevens can continue to do what they're doing, and they're doing it right now at record pace. Yeah, and listen for the record, just for context here. I think the Bills could be fine with the cornerbacks they have. It just feels really risky to go in with that lack of lack of depth because let's say you're in a playoff game and you lose another guy. Then that you know, you're going into what are you going into the division round with, with only two two guys there? I mean that that's where it gets a little hairy. So I mean because after Elam you're looking at a Cam Lewis possibly on the outside or Saran Neal on the outside, and I don't like any of that. Yeah. I mean, we're also maybe Kyrie Lim can't play or can't play in this system. I, don't, I, I have faith in Elam. I think Elam's going to be fine. Like well, I said, I think yeah, Elam, I mean, I think Elam starts. If he was that Elam good, he'd be on the field already. I, I personally think that's a practice issue. I don't think, I think he came in with the first round pick, which again, I don't know the guy, so can't, can't act like I do, but I think he came in as a first round pick and thought, this is my job. I already got the job. I don't have to practice. And when he did, instead of humbling himself, it kind of got down on him. But again, he has shown up in games. Look what he did. He had a huge interception last year against Miami in the playoffs. Sealed the game. He was one of the best DBs last year against Tyreek Hill. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who, by the way, has not had 100 yards receiving against Buffalo in the regular season. No, he'll just save it for playoffs. Yeah, right. Save it for 13 seconds. Um, Charlie, your Atlanta Falcons not looking so hot. Anybody down there that could be a trade target? Honestly, I dude, they're just so bad to watch. I haven't even watched much of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I mean, look, if you want to trade some pieces and go get B. John Robinson. <laughs> okay, anything realistic uh, available on the Falcons? The Falcons um, have some, some names at cornerback, right? They do. They do. Um I kind of like, you know, you you looking at the roster, you're probably looking at AJ Tyrell. Um, could be one. Uh, What's that? Jeff Okuda was such like a can't miss prospect. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, he came from Detroit. I don't know if I'm taking a chance on him. You know what I mean? Uh, cheap contract, but I don't know if I'm I'm you know really taking a chance. He was the first third overall pick in 2020 to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, so something else to keep in mind is Sean McDermott loves to play his own defense, and when you have a guy who is a good prospect like Kyrie Lum, who's more of a man player, like that is a hard adjustment. So you really, if you're targeting somebody, you better make darn mm-hmm. sure that they are comfortable. In, in this Palms kind of coverage. I, I do like, for what it's worth, Nick, I do like A.J. Tyrell over 
a um Okuda. Yeah, uh, Okuda's got an expiring contract, and Terrell's got uh, a big bump next year. Looks like on his fifth year option. So yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe they would want to try to get out of it, but uh, that's a lot more for the Bills to take on. Right. Um, another thing to keep in mind too, Nick, is you know for for a team again, you're looking for a competent DB. I mean, who's out there in free agency? I think Byron Jones is out there, right? You're, you're, the, uh, you're playing a street free agent over Kyrie Elam. I mean, he's a guy you can sign your practice squad. You just lost uh, a practice squad player to the Giants this week. Um, so they, they, they send Eli Anku off the practice squad. So you have a practice squad spot open. Go and maybe sign... Um, you know, a DB off the street. I know they brought in some some lower name guys this past week, and they signed one of them. I believe they signed one of them to the practice squad as well. And then after that is when the announcement came up that Anku was leaving. But you have a spot open. Go if you can go find a veteran guy off the street, throw him on the practice squad, see what he can do. I, you got three three promotions throughout the year for him. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, I mean that is kind of how it goes. You start on the practice squad. I mean that that could that to me sounds more like uh, a depth signing a guy. They're going to come in, sign with the practice squad, and keep him around. And then if we're talking, you know, it's week seventeen and somebody goes down, then he gets elevated. If you're Brandon Bean right now on the spot, you don't have to give me a player. But what are you doing in that situation? Are you making a trade or are you sticking with what you got? Uh, I mean, personally, I don't have to hear it from from my owner spending his money. So I'm, yeah, I'm wheeling and dealing. Give me, give me a, give me Patrick Sertain. Give me some top player if that's available. Uh, I'm trying to go win a Super Bowl. So that's where I'm at. Do you think if Buffalo doesn't go and get themselves a Pro Bowl cornerback to replace Trey White, and and I'm not saying that this, I don't want to say the Super Bowl window is closing because I don't think either one of us agrees no, with that. No, stop it. Um, I, I I'm not saying either one of us agrees with it, but I mean, you think about you have limited time left with Trey White. Um, I mean, I mean, do you need a Pro Bowl defensive back to help get you to the promised land? Well, I mean, I said a couple minutes ago, maybe I'll, I'll like clean up how I'm saying it, but I think the players they have on this great defense with this great pass rush are good enough to get them where they want to go. The, the, the concern for me is that they have very limited depth. And if they, if they were to lose anybody, I mean, they, they already, last game, Benford you know, gets hurt in addition. To, it's looking real thin, real fast. Um, so part of me wants to say, you, you know, you want to negotiate from a position of strength and kind of get it in. I mean, once you're desperate, then teams can hold out for a little bit more on you. Um, I mean, to me, that that's a, that's an aggressive winning move at this point. Maybe he doesn't speak very highly of Kyrie Elam. I would like to think that they are. I think they would give Kyrie Elam some run before making this move. But you know what? We just talked about the schedule kind of allows for that. So maybe maybe that's what we see. We they test it out, and the trade deadline isn't until Halloween. So they got some time. Got three weeks. You got three weeks. Make a decision. If I'm Brandon Bean, I'm calling and seeing what I can do and, and starting to test the waters now. Yeah. Um, you know, because again, you need depth there, right? You have one of those three guys go down, you're screwed after that. I mean, listen, they, they have Jaguars this week, then they have Giants, then they have Patriots. The receiving cores on the Giants and the Patriots is awful. If you can put guys out there, if they can't play against those two opponents, they can't play, period. Yeah, but hey man, don't 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 uh shake a finger at that Patriots defense. They just signed uh uh they just traded for J.C. Jackson, who somehow, who somehow had a warrant out for his arrest, and then gets traded to New England and no longer has a warrant out for his arrest. I that sounds like some fishy Bill Belichick shit right there. Listen, no comment on their defense. All I'm, like their offense and their pass catchers on both those teams are not yes. threatening at all. If if you are putting your former first round cornerback out there against those two teams and he can't cut it, he just can't cut it. Look, I, at the end of the day, um. I think Buffalo wins both those games easily. I'm more curious to see how they look this week against like Kelvin Ridley, uh, you know, and possibly Zay Jones, if you know without without Tre'Davious White. So I and 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 you talk about the Giants. I want to talk about offense real quick, Nick. 
Yeah. Um, if if they, they only score, you know, forty eight points, maybe we should talk. About yeah, them. right. After, um, and look, I'm not saying, Lord forbid, wheels fall off this year with Dorsey. We kind of see what we saw last year, where really good stretch, offense looks unstoppable. You know, looks so good, so good, so good. Then all of a sudden, Josh Allen looks pedestrian. Offense starts falling apart. Uh, you know, can't put up the points like what they were, right? Um, Buffalo says, hey, Dorsey, you're done here. If Dable wins one game all year and gets fired, were you bringing him back as offensive coordinator? If there's any scenario Brian Dable gets fired, he was just coach of the year. They're not firing Dable. They're getting rid of Daniel Jones before they, they fire Dable. How the, you can't you can't get a franchise quarterback in there with that Daniel with the dead cap you're gonna have from the Daniel Jones contract. Listen, I I don't know how that would play out, but uh if if the Bills had an opening and Dable's available, a thousand percent yes. I okay, that's all that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm, that, that's all I'm I, I I don't see how that would happen, but Let's talk about this Bills offense now. Without Brian Dable, this Ken Dorsey offense that looked unstoppable this past week. Josh Allen picked up his fifth AFC player of the of the week honor, the fifth time against Miami. He's played Miami 12 times. He's won it five. Crazy. Just in, incredible. Um, continues to be the Miami Dolphins' daddy. Co- shows up. You know, we, we talk about how he plays against the Jets. And it almost seems like he doesn't show up against the Jets, but you can't say that about about him against the Miami Dolphins. He played he played incredible. It was uh, and Allen and Diggs just have it going on. I still don't really know what it means uh, when they say I'm him, but whatever that means, Stefan Diggs is it. Okay, like he's him. Uh, the second touchdown, I think it was, he scored the long one. That was like like one of the best receive wide receiver plays I've ever seen from a Buffalo Bills player, like ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like the, you know, the emoji with like the air coming out of your nose, like tough, like four of those emojis. That's like always, I'm like, Oh my, like this dude is on another level. Like love, love this guy. Um, I was again, you know, Gabe Davis has touchdown. And then you look down at the statue, the second half you go, Oh, that's his only catch so far. And you're like, can they? I don't know. Listen, when when Diggs goes six for one twenty and three of those are touchdowns, <laughs> maybe it doesn't right. matter. Right. Uh, I was I was a little curious. I thought I was curious. The Dolphins didn't uh, swap like they didn't have their corners travel, and the Bills were just picking on the backup or on the not even the backup on the second corner. It's like okay, if you're if you're not going to have uh, your your top players travel, uh, we'll take that. Okay, if Xavier Howard's going to stay on one side. Uh, okay, he can he can uh, take away Gabe Davis, and we'll throw mm-hmm. three touchdowns to that other guy. You know, I, I I thought you know outside of the story of Josh versus Tua, I thought the story of this week was going to be Fangio versus Dorsey, Fangio versus Josh Allen, and Josh Allen was not phased by this Vic Fangio defense. All we heard all off season was, oh, Miami's going to have this great. You know, we we heard about how revolutionary their offense was going to be. We heard the same thing about their defense, and you know what? I think you add Jalen Phillips back and you add um, Jalen Ramsey back, you're not that much better overall. Look at what Josh Allen's done the last few times he's played against Jalen Ramsey. No sweat. Stefan Diggs has owned him how many times? I'm not worried about them having Jalen Ramsey back. But, Nick, let me give you some Josh Allen numbers real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, in, in reference to his – player of the week award i wanted to mention this before so josh allen i'm sorry i said 12 times he has played the miami dolphins 11 times in his career he has won afc player of the week five times is that good sounds good well here let me let me tell you this for context josh allen has as many afc player of the week awards against miami as tua has career touchdowns against the buffalo bills (laughs) i love that here's another one um, Josh Allen uh, has won the AFC Player of the Week award forty six percent of the time he has played against Miami. Just un- unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, nine years ago this week, uh, Kyle Orton passed for three hundred eight yards, and the Bills win in 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 Detroit. 
against the Lions. Did the game he got carried off the field? Yeah. And then the next game, the next quarterback after him to throw for 300 yards was Josh Allen. He has just done it, done it, done it. Orton had 300 yards two more times that season. And then uh, from 2006 to 2019, the Bills had 13 games of 300 yards passing. And I'm going to give you the numbers here. Seven by Ryan Fitzpatrick, three by Orton, two by J.P. Lossman, and one by Tyrod Taylor, which was an overtime, an overtime game. Yeah. Do you know how many 300-yard passing games Josh Allen has had? Wow. Um, how many? Um, I think I have a bet that he's going to get eight or more this year, which sounds easy, but um, maybe not. Um, I'm guessing if you're asking me, the answer is going to be more than all those guys combined. Uh, Josh Allen has 21 300-yard passing games in his career. And the other guys had how many? Uh, let's see. Fitz, as as a bill, Fitz had seven. So he would be leading the way. So are you telling me Josh Allen has more 300-yard games than every drought quarterback combined? Pretty much. And then okay. here, here's one more staff around the Bills as a whole. Have you seen what the point differential is this, right now in the league? Uh, I saw a tweet today that was like since 2020, the like the point differential, and the yeah. Bills were like plus 500, and the next best team was like plus 300. The Bills are plus 573, and then the Chiefs are plus 395. Like now, look, that's all fine and dandy. And for the we season. got no Super Bowl to show for. Like that's still exactly. pressure, man. They, they I mean, 18 it's... seconds or 13 seconds, man, was they friggin' missed the this shot. Not that I like to mention anything that this moron does, but Nick Wright did roll out the banner for for back to back. September champions for the Buffalo Bills. Um, what, what? 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 What is that? I'm gonna t- that. That's the banner you take off the wall and you pee on it. I don't want to hear about September champion. That well, you know how Nick Wright likes to troll the Bills. Obviously, that's what he was doing. I'm not saying he's wrong, but here we are again, end of September, going in, into October, and the Bills are the Super Bowl favorites. Josh Allen's MVP favorite. I feel like this is the same song and dance where we were. They have to find a way to get over the hump, and mm-hmm. one way to do that is. Josh Allen continue to taking what the offense or what the defenses are giving him and finding his open receivers. And he did a really, really good job of that last week against Miami. Charlie, can I, I'm going to take four seconds to gloat here, but do you remember on some podcast last week, someone's or uh, after the jets game, someone said you need to take a line from Aaron Rodgers and relax. Yeah. How about someone, that? How about someone would also said, I think after the jets game that was asked if Josh Allen was starting to fall into Carson Wentz territory. I don't know who you're referring to. It doesn't <laughs> ring a bell. Uh, I will. I will eat that. That was definitely me. Um, and look, I, I'm glad to say that he he obviously has not fallen into that Carson Wentz territory. And I think a lot of that is is a tip of the hat to not only Josh Allen but to this coaching staff. I think this coaching staff has done a really good job of keeping Josh Allen calm, cool, and collected in the pocket, um, and kind of helping him mature a little bit out there as a quarterback. I think that's what he needed. Not, I don't want to say the Jets game humbled him, but I think he realized that, hey, I need to start playing better or else this team's going to go as far as Josh Allen is willing to take them. And I think Josh Allen really realized that I don't have to throw for 300, 400 yards every single game to get a win. I don't need to have a perfect passer rating every game, right? I just need to find my open guy. I don't have to have 10 yards of play, right, or ten, to, you know, average 10-plus air yards of play. Find my open guys. Let your guys do it. That's why you go and draft a guy like a James Cook who can catch the ball at the backfield, who has some speed. That's why you go and draft a guy. Yeah, that's why you go and, and trade for a guy like Stefan Diggs who can um, get his get himself open in the middle of the field. That's why you go and draft a guy like Dalton Kincaid who I still don't think they're using correctly. Hopefully we see a change in that here soon. But you got a guy like Dawson Kincaid or you get a guy like Dalton Kincaid that can find his way open. And 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 you know what? Tip of the hat to uh, Dawson Knox as well. Did you see that angry run that he had? He won the scepter. It came back. I wish I could find find a still of the Dolphins dude's face, literally right up Dawson Knox's butt. <laughs> like I feel like a that picture alone would be enough to sum that game up for Dolphins fans. Do the Bills have the record for most times winning angry runs without it being by a running back? Maybe I, I, you know, I don't watch enough of the angry runs. All I know is Derrick Henry is probably leading the category. Uh, I mean, I've only seen it be Josh Allen before, right? Is there, is there another Josh? I think Dawson Knox had it once too for a big stiff army head. 
So I think it's only been Josh Allen and Dawson Knox. They don't have big – although Latavius Murray might take one this year. That man's been running angry. Very let's, angry. Let's, let's talk about the running backs, right? Uh, all this praise Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been great. Wasn't a big numbers game from James Cook this week. I think he only had 20-something yards rushing on, you know, what was it, I think 15 to 20 carries. But, 12 carries, 29 yards, 2.4. 12 carries, 29 yards. Thank gross. you. So not great numbers. Latavius Murray looked good running the ball. Um, Harris looked good running the ball. Yeah, I mean, Murray had four for 32, but he got 29 on one of them. So the other three netted three. I mean, that, I mean you I say I the Dolphins are a good defense. Correct. I think they're good front seven. I think, I think the Dolphins' issues on the backside, similar to Buffalo's issues, at the safety position, they're a little bit older back there. Um, you know, they have Nick Needham. They had Eli Apple. Eli Apple, you know, doo-doo. Um, I don't think Buffalo's going to see Kohu in January. I wish I wish they would. You know, keep putting a special, special teams DB on. Yeah, I do have to say, uh, Van Ginkle, that dude just shows up, and he's like the guy I, I hate. I hate playing against that guy. He's like the hippie Matt Milano, just not as good yeah, as Matt. He's Milano. like a pain in the butt, and he shows up and he makes plays, and like the opponent hates him. Like that's so he's on screen. Like, oh man, it's that guy again. Like I'm sick of seeing him, but I guess you got to tip your cap to him. So, friend of the podcast, good old friend on on Twitter, Uber Hansen, friend of friend of the pod. Uh, did you see? So he did tweet out uh, the numbers that Gabe Davis is on pace for. One thing I said last week on the podcast, and I got got some shit for it from some 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 folks, was I said that Gabe Davis is probably one of the worst number two receivers in the league. Still yeah, feel that I way. That. I, I I feel like limited route tree. You know, he doesn't get the ball much. All of that. However, if I told you that Gabe Davis put up these numbers, was going to put up these numbers this year, based on what he's on pace for. 51 catches, 935 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Uh, is the that catches in- number sounds bad, but the other two sound okay. I mean, he's not a guy who catches a lot of balls. He just catches deep balls. I mean, 51's not a great number, and I would say his rate of touchdowns does not seem sustainable. Maybe no, it is I- in this offense, but, but you would not think 51. You would – has anyone ever had – Double-digit touchdowns. I'm sure some tight end or somebody did. But. Could could you see this week being the week that Gabe Davis has that breakout game that he has once a year, like the Pittsburgh game a few years ago? I don't know, man. Like going, to, going to London, I mean, the Bills, the Bills have a weird history against the Jags. I'm like, I feel like they should smoke them, and I'm like just slightly worried. You know, like there, there's weird vibes against the Jags. There's weird vibes with London. One, someone's going to score a touchdown at least this game, right? Like it's not going to be a nine to six game again. Uh, I uh, there will be a touchdown. Will there be a defensive touchdown in this game? Yes. I would even give you defensive score, a safety or a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. You have you have Bills or you have Bills and Jaguars DST. Are you scoring a touchdown? Yes. Yes, one one of the two of them is going to score a touchdown. Uh, I'm hoping it's Buffalo, but uh, thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. You're welcome. I I do think the Bills could get a defensive touchdown. Look, Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked bad, but has he looked like a first overall pick who was supposed to be this you know franchise quarterback? No. At least in in my eyes. And look, I know I'm not a scout. I know I'm not a professional at this, but. Um, you know, from what I've seen, no. Trevor Lawrence has he looked good at times? Yes, he's got a really good receiver in Kelvin Ridley, who I would have rather seen in Buffalo than in Jacksonville. But, um, I think you find ways to get to him again. He's got a left tackle who hasn't played all year. You're either getting him or you're getting a backup left tackle at that position. You got a really good front four who's done a really good job of getting getting to the pass rusher, rushing four. You got two of the best linebackers in the league. I think I saw today. Um, Matt Milano's defensive pass numbers, whatever PFF wants to call it, is like a 23, and the next closest to him is like 50. Hmm. 
just some, some absolutely crazy. And then on that list at number five is uh, Terrell Bernard. So you got both both your linebackers sitting there in the top five. Um, Bernard's been been you know a breath of fresh air. I think he has been such a good fill in for um, Ter- uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I I do think this Bills defense is just going to be way way too good for Jacksonville. Yeah, you're. But, uh, I'm, I'm having some more confidence as we go through this conversation. But what what do you make of of opponent weirdness? Like like the Bills play weird games against the Jacks. The Bills did not look good in London. I mean, actually, I thought several times this week how much that drought season changes if the Bills don't get that ridiculous phantom call against Nikhil Roby, Coleman, uh, and EJ gets to come back in that game. I mean. I don't know. It's just been weird. Like, what what do you make out of this weirdness with London? I'm. I, I don't think there's going to be a need for a phantom call. Look, the Bills aren't going to put up seventy points, but I think they win the game. You know, by double digits. Um, but again, you know, it's hard to say because then you look at what, and, I, and I'm thinking out loud with you and and the listeners here. But you know, you look at what Jacksonville did against Kansas City. I mean, Jacksonville was right in that game with Kansas City. Yeah, I, I I don't think Kansas City's defense is great this year. I think they have a really good offense still, and you know, anytime you have Patrick Mahomes on on the field with Travis Kelsey, they're gonna have a great offense. But their defense is still some you know struggling. So is that a are 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 we kind of saying that Jacksonville's offense is really good, or are we gonna sit here and say that Kansas City's defense is just really bad? You know, probably both. I I do think if you go down the list, I think Buffalo checks the boxes in every position that they are stronger than the than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. I think there's one category that I could circle, looking at a depth chart or looking side by side or roster, where I would feel comfortable saying that Jacksonville is a stronger team at that specific position. Um. Yeah, maybe wide receiver too. If you're on that bandwagon, Charlie. Didn't what's his name? The no, he's in Baltimore. Chad, uh, the Bills' former wide receiver coach. Chad Hall. Chad Hall. I don't know what happened to him. He is. I. I know he played for the Jags. He is. Ah. Okay. Can we have a Chad Hall revenge revenge game? He is the. Um wide receivers coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? Does that change, you know? No. Okay. Just figure that out. And the reason why I ask these questions, Nick, is he's had the inside look for the last how many years in Buffalo of this defense and what this offense can do and with Ken Dorsey's offense. Are they kind of leaning on him, similar to how you would lean on a player that you signed up from that that team? Uh, you know, like what Dallas is doing with Trey Lance this week. Do they utilize Chad Hall and say, "Hey, what little inside information can you give us?" Uh, that is interesting, Charlie. I mean, I'm sure they will, but I just don't know how much it's going to help. I think the I think this offense, though. I don't want to say it's changed because, you know, obviously Ken Dorsey's still calling the plays, but the offense mentality has changed with Josh Allen, and I think this defense has really changed. And, you know, one thing that we failed to mention about last week against Miami, the Bills didn't do anything funky. You know, I think at times we thought, hey, they're going to run three three safeties maybe. Maybe that's their play. They didn't do any of that. They ran cover two. They ran their defense. They didn't do anything flashy. And they were able to get sacks on Tua. They were able to get to get an interception, almost two, if Bernard could have caught that that one in the first uh, first drive that Miami had. But you you got an interception. You made Tua look almost, should I say, pedestrian. Um, and you made that Miami Dolphins offense not look as revolutionary as what they've looked in 
uh, the first three games of the season. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. The entire conversation, the whole week leading up to the game is, oh, my gosh, they just scored 70 points. They're revolutionizing it. Mike McDaniel is this boy genius. Um, how can you possibly think of stopping this team? Uh, and the Bills kind of just did it ho-hum. And then still this week you got uh, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the for the Giants. Did you see his quote? Yeah, that he's not. He he wakes up every two minutes crying. Yeah, they asked him how how he's uh, preparing to face the Dolphins' amazing offense, and he said, "I'm sleeping like a baby. I wake up every two hours and cry." Uh, and my first thought was, "Wow, that's really funny." And my second thought was, "Does he know? Has he looked at the schedule? Like, what's he gonna?" They got the Bills after this, okay? The Bills just cut Miami check, and the Bills just put up forty-eight. What is Wink? Like, where do you go from? Maybe that's sleepless. I don't know. You know, I, I want to say Buffalo gave teams the blueprint on how to beat Miami, but it's also not like Buffalo, like we said, did anything great. Oh, they just okay. played their defense. If, if you can, can get that pressure with with only rushing four and your blitzes all get home, I mean, that's a pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, if other teams can figure out how to do that, they're going to be in business. But that goes for any football team at any level anywhere. I mean, I'd love to see the Giants just walk into Miami this week and, and walk out with a dub. Be unreal. I'm not holding my breath, but yeah, it would be nice. No, I, I'm not a betting man on that game, that's for sure. I have uh, uh, Dolphins' big bounce back, I think. Yeah, but like, can you count as a bounce back against such a bad team? Uh, they're going to bounce back from the loss column to the win column. I mean, where if you look at Miami's schedule even, Right, because let's face it, it's going to be Buffalo versus Miami for an NFC. I'm sorry for the AFC East Championship, right? Like it's got to be. I mean, Kansas City is still out there, but here we go with this. But so you got so their next few games here: Giants in Miami, Carolina in Miami, at Philadelphia, Patriots at home, at Kansas City. Which is the game over in Germany, hmm. and then they get the Raiders back in Miami off of a bye week. So you got Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Their last three games may be their toughest games of the whole season. Okay, I'm nodding silently. Like, yeah, they they're good. They're gonna be good. Not really sure what you're looking for me to say on the information. I, I'm I, I'm just trying to find find where they could possibly lose or slip up, and I'm, I don't know. I I just I I have faith in Brian Dable. I'm not saying Miami's going to. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win, but I think. Brian Dable is going to make that game a lot closer. And I think if we may see a Tyrod Taylor make an emergence this week. I am in favor. Yes, Team Tyrod. Um, Any other takeaways from last week, Nick, or anything for this week against Jacksonville? I think that's it. Uh, Craziest stat to me was the teams who – there have been 14 teams in NFL history who have won a game by 50 points or more, like the Dolphins did two weeks ago. The record mm-hmm. the following week is now 7-7. Seven and seven. Teams who won by 50. The next week, 500 record. That's, That's incredible. That's incredible. It's a week-to-week league, Charlie. It literally is. I mean, it is a week-to-week league, and, you know, that's always something we got to keep in mind with with our team, too, right? It's a week-to-week league. Anything can change. Um, let me ask you this question, Nick. I think the CBS game this this week, the afternoon game, is... I uh, know, I think it's going to be Bengals-Cardinals is what we're getting. But the Jets and Broncos play at 425 uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just curious, is that a game that you'd want to watch? I, I feel like that's just two really bad offenses. Try, I mean, sometimes like that car crash kind of stuff is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's gonna be such a low scoring football uh, game. 
I'm looking. I can't think of a nice thing to say right now. No, I think that's going to be such a low scoring football game this week. I think that's going to be the lowest scoring football game that we have because both offenses are so bad, but both have decent defenses. And I know the I know the Broncos gave up seventy points to the to the Miami Dolphins. I get it, but uh, and I'll be curious to see what happens. That that's just kind of a game I'm going to leave on the uh, pitcher and pitcher. That's for sure. Um, you want to give me a uh, score prediction? By the way, I, I know recording this on Thursday night. This will be out on Friday morning, but the Commanders are coming back against the Bears. Uh, I am the idiot who streamed Commanders defense, thinking the Bears were lousy, and mm-hmm. that looks like a bad. Well, the Bears were up twenty-seven to three at half. It's now thirty to twenty with nine minutes left, and Washington is driving. Okay. Uh, a score score prediction for this week. I'm going to go. Bills get right in London. Listen, the Jags are playing back-to-back games in London. Okay, at some point, it's like too much out of. You know, you're away from home too long. You're just sick of it. You just want to get back there. They had an easy win last week. They are in for a world of hurt this week. Bills, 33, Jags, 17. Wow, 33-17. Okay. Uh, mine was very similar to that. I had the Bills winning 35-17. to 17. I think, Nick, one point you're also forgetting about this week is on top of staying in London, they're also being kicked out of their hotel when the I Buffalo Bills arrived. I saw that. Yes, the bills are the bills booked the hotel that Jacksonville's at, so they need to also switch hotels. Love it. It is a home game for the bills, so they do get priority. Well, that's uh, cheers to them for uh, getting their home game ruined. And another, and I know we failed to mention this, and I wanted to get your opinion on this real quick, Nick. Um, the stadium the bills are playing at, which I'm sure we've all have heard a million times by now, playing Tottenham. That's the stadium that the new Highmark Stadium is going to be is, is based off of. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the pictures? Have you seen the videos this week? I have. Uh, they look beautiful. Um, the one thing that was interesting to me is that the coverage over the seats is uh, apparently wider in Tottenham than it will be in Orchard Park, which does not seem to make a lot of sense to me. But um, I don't know they, they keep they keep saying you know fans are going to be covered, and that doesn't mean a lot to me when it's 15 degrees out because you're still cold. Um, you want the sun then, on you when it's 15 degrees out. A little bit, yeah. I mean, talk talk to me more about the heaters that are going to be in there. That's what I'm interested to hear about. People, uh, I mean, it is really bad if you're wet and cold, but. I mean, dry in 15 isn't very nice either. So talk to me about how you're going to keep people's toes from, from, from losing feeling in their toes. That's what I want to hear about. Don't, I don't care if you're covering them up from you know, the rain once a year. It's, it might rain on a Sunday afternoon. It's definitely going to be cold. So, I mean, we, we just we had a Bills playoff game against the Patriots that didn't sell out because the weather was horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, you're gonna seventy percent of the fans are gonna be covered in Buffalo. There's a hundred percent covered uh, in Tottenham Hotspur. So I don't know. I'll be curious. The, the pitchers, though, man. If the Bills get a home locker room the size of that one in Tottenham, which I think it's it's five hundred and eleven square meters, whatever that is in square feet. I have no idea. I'm not a mathematician. Um. But if you haven't seen the videos or the pictures, Matt Beauvais on Twitter, on X, has pictures up, and it is, it, it's just incredible. I mean, how much of that stadium they bring to Buffalo, who knows? But I've heard fans call in this week on the radio saying that they've been to that stadium, and the one thing that blows all their minds when they go is the amount of room in the concourse. Um, you can actually walk through the concourse when it's a sellout game and you're not shoulder to shoulder and all that. And I, I believe there's also no troughs in the bathrooms. So RIP to the troughs. RIP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Rest so. in piss, literally. <laughs> literally, literally. Uh, the only troughs I think that are going to be left are going to be at uh, Coles down on down in Elmwood. Only troughs left in Buffalo. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, Nick, do you want to give me uh, give a quick shout out to the sponsors? Got to mention our boys, Dr. Matt and Dr. Zach over at Ethos Performance Rehab. Charlie, it is rec hockey season. It's back. You're going to get out there and you're going to say, holy cow, I lost a step. My legs are on fire. I can't breathe. What's happening? Uh, maybe you need to go in and see them. This, this is sports performance rehab. It doesn't mean, you, you know, I broke my arm. I need to go. This is, this is I want to get better. I want to. I want to perform better. I want to recover better. I want to feel better the next morning. Whatever, whatever it is, if you need an extra burst. You need something. Talk to Doctor Matt. Talk to Doctor Zach. Tell them the process sent you. Yes, uh, Doctor Matt and Doctor Zach do a phenomenal job at Ethos. Give them a call. Let them know that we sent you in. Tell Doctor Matt that we said hello at Ethos Performance Rehab. Um. Nick, real quick, my lock of the week this week, I'm taking Arizona to beat Cincinnati. Arizona's been spunky. Uh, they are three-point underdog against Cincinnati, and Arizona is at home. All right, all and, right. And this is a must-win must game for Cincinnati, and I think Arizona pulls out, pulls out the upset. Okay, I'm with you. So... I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I would bet that personally, but like I could see that. It's it's one I might might dabble in a little bit. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. throw throw a few bones on it, see what happens. Yeah, uh, Patriots. I'm looking for a bounce back here. It was their worst loss ever under Bill Belichick last week against the Cowboys, 38 to three. Side note: uh, the top three Belichick losses before this game were all against the Bills. Just saying. Uh, I'm looking for a bounce back on the Patriots this week. They're also one one point underdogs against the Saints. One point at home, at home. Uh, I mean, without the, the offense without looks bad. Car? The offense looks bad. I mean, they got Jameis. What's the difference? Hey man, Jameis didn't look half bad for till he got hurt last year. I know it's a new year. I get it, but Jame, Jameis Winston's just going to come in and uh, completely tear New England up. I think. I don't want New England to have a bounce back game. I want them to just stay bad. I want them to bench Mac Jones, go with Bailey Zappier, whoever the backup quarterback is now, and um, and just stay bad. I maybe Bill Belichick will never beat, uh, will, will never be the number one winningest football coach ever, and I'm totally okay with that. All right, Charlie. Before we sign off, I'm going to say it before you do. The Buffalo Sabers are coming, and they look good. Zach Benson, what? Uh, we got we got to do that at some point. Uh, we'll get there. We're not there yet, but we'll get there. Five days till puck drop, Nick. Uh, Sabers is October twelfth, so it's a little bit longer okay. for them. But yeah, a couple yeah, more days. Season opener, yeah. So so real quick, let me ask you: Does Benson make the team? Yeah, it's it's looking like it. I think he's going to get his his little tryout at least, and uh, we'll see from there. So not nine game tryout. Give him his nine games. See what happens. Uh, Kind of interesting to see him on a line with Thompson and Skinner. Because I really like whatever Tuck. works. I really like Tuck on that line last year. Um, but we'll definitely have to get some hockey talk in on one of our podcasts coming up. Because uh, I know how much Nick, Nick is actually invested into the Sabres this year, which which I like to see. First time in how many years, Nick? Uh, I'm here when they're, when they're relevant. I mean, <laughs> take it up with them. That's yeah, a them problem, go. not a me problem. Uh, playoffs this year? I mean, it's playoffs or bust, right? Yeah, I mean, the East, there's a lot of teams that they got to climb over, but uh, this is the year for sure. Uh, last question real quick, and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get going. We'll wrap up here, but do they sign Patrick Kane at some point this season? Uh, that seems more like a, you know, Barley Bros in Buffalo are pulling for that more than actual hockey people are pulling for a reunion there. He was, he was bad, been bad defensively, and if mm-hmm. he's also not going to bring the offense, I mean, I mean, he's just a name at this point. And it would be cool to have the reunion. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. That's uh, outside looking in for me. I mean, I'd say it's. 
Um, Will Pat Kane sign with the Sabres? I put the over under. You'd have to give me like plus seven hundred, maybe. If I, I would take Patrick Kane if the plan is to replace Victor Olofsson with Patrick Kane. Just trading offense only for an offense only. Yeah, just say hey, we're moving Olofsson for getting getting the draft pick or two, and we're signing Patrick Kane. I'm okay with it because I think Olofsson is going to be riding fourth fourth line this year, third line this year, and I think you can plug Patrick Kane into that line just fine. I mean, I and hope I he's got plans we have with Benson. Yeah, and I do, I do hope Pat Kane's healthy. Maybe he's got more in the tank than we've seen recently. Be fun, be fun. Uh, so before we sign off, as always, you can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica on Facebook at by Nick Veronica or on threads. I'm still, still not on threads. Nick, how often are you threading? Uh, well, Twitter just totally nuked how link cards look. So I think threads is just going to keep going up as Twitter keeps going down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. X is getting bad folks. Uh, or you can find Nick on threads at Nick Veronica. Find me on Twitter at chow 68 or the process podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod uh you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast spotify apple android all those fun places you can even listen to us on podbean if you're a podbean uh subscriber uh we appreciate everyone tuning in and remember to always trust the